0: Our text for this morning is our gospel lesson, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, where Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. This is our text. My colleague, Pastor Dean Nadesty, likes to tell the story about when he was a boy, and he prayed a prayer over and over and over again that he would get a motorized Flying Tiger model airplane. Now, this was in the days before remote control. This airplane was on the end of a wire, and it was one of those that you could fly above your head at the end of the wire. And Dean prayed and prayed and prayed for that airplane and never got it. Fast forward 20 years and Dean is a young pastor and he mentions in a sermon that sometimes we pray asking our Heavenly Father for something and sometimes the answer is no. We trust that our Father knows what is best and we do our best to attempt to try to move on. And then he tells the story about praying for that Flying Tiger model airplane. Well, the very next Sunday... At the end of the service, all at once, the organist breaks out in, off we go into the wild blue yonder, and the church staff comes up to the front of the church carrying in their hands a brand new Flying Tiger model airplane with remote control. And they went out later that day, and they flew that thing, and Dean says it was an incredible afternoon. Well, fast forward another 15 years, and Dean is speaking here in Florida at a conference, and he shares that story. And the next day, a local man who had heard him speaking at that conference comes and says that he wants to give Dean something, and in his hand is a patch, one of several that he has, and it is a patch from the Flying Tiger Squadron of World War II. Apparently, this man was a pilot in that squadron and gives Dean that patch. He had flown with the real Flying Tigers. Dean likes to say that he's waiting for the next segment of this prayer story. He thinks that maybe now he's going to get a real airplane. Jesus teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount that our prayers... Are not cold requests to some distant deity way out there off in space somewhere, but no, our prayers are prayers that are voiced in a deep, trusting relationship, like that between a loving father and a loving child, which, as we have said many times before, is why we begin the great prayer with that wonderful word, our Father. Our Father. Who art in heaven? We pray to God like dear children pray or ask their loving Father. Because we know that good, loving parents always do what is best for their children. And so we expect God to do what is best for us, which brings us to Jesus' teaching here today in the Sermon on the Mount, where he says that prayer is very much a matter of asking and receiving but it's even more than that. He doesn't stop there, he says, it is seeking over time and finding. And we can be knocking at the door with the same request, not just for a day or even for years, but sometimes even for decades. And along the way, prayer is one of the ways in which we discover God's good will for our lives. God's goodwill that is always good and pleasing and perfect. Remember how St. Paul puts it in the book of Romans. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's what we've been talking about this whole Lenten season. To be transformed by the renewal of our mind. That is What repentance is. God transforms our mind so that it is in line and aligned with Him and His will. And Paul goes on that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that's what we expect from a good parent, from a good God, good parenting. And as we pray that, the Lord lays out before us his answers. Yes, I will give you that. No, you don't need that. It's not good for you. Or maybe wait. Not yet. And as we see those answers to prayer, we discover that God always does what's best for us. We may see it right now in the here and now, but it may take years or even decades for us to see that it is what was good for us at the time that we got it or didn't get it or that we had to wait for it. Or we may never see it until that day when this entire universe and world is transformed and made new. But we know that God's will is always good for us and is always what is best for us even if we can't see it in the here and now. I want to take you back for just a minute this morning to your high school literature class for an example, if you can remember back that far. You probably read some of Emily Dickinson's poems, maybe there in high school literature class or maybe in college somewhere along the line. Emily Dickinson, at least in her poetry, struggled with whether or not the God in heaven really hears and answers our prayers, and she wrote some poems about just that. She wondered in verse in poetry whether God was listening when she prayed her prayers to him. This is one of the poems she wrote. Prayer is the little implement through which men reach where presence is denied them. They fling their speech by means of it in God's ear. If, then, he hear, this sums up the apparatus comprised in prayer. You can hear in that poem, in that poetry, Emily's iffiness in her prayers. She isn't quite sure whether God is really listening and whether or not he will really answer. And then in another poem, she shares the disappointment that comes from this long-term prayer that apparently goes unanswered. This is what she writes. There comes an hour when begging stops, when the long interceding lips perceive their prayer is in vain. Thou shalt not is a kinder sword than from a disappointing God. Disciple call again. In other words, what she's saying is, sometimes God just asks us to pray and pray and pray again, and he's never there. He never answers. There are times that all of us wonder as we pray if God really is listening. Sometimes we get very weary of knocking at that same door with the same request, only to find silence on the other side. But Jesus' teaching on prayer carries no such doubts. He is completely confident that our Heavenly Father hears every prayer of ours and answers them all. I want to introduce you this morning to what might be a new term for you for long term prayer those prayers that we answer, that we pray over and over again. Some people call those prayers aspirational prayers prayer. That's the kind of prayer that expresses this deep desire before God that may take a long time before we find any answer to it, before it becomes real in our lives. If you read my email this week or you read the little blurb in the bulletin, you read about Monica. Monica, who was Augustine's mother. She raised him up in the church. She did her best to give him a good education And yet he fell away from god he lived an immoral life he cursed god denied him but monica kept on praying and eventually her prayer was answered in a way that was a blessing to her heart as her dear son turned back to the church and became St. Augustine, one of the greatest saints in the history of the church who influenced people all the way from Martin Luther all the way down to us. That's aspirational prayer. People in recovery understand what aspirational prayer is. So do people who are going through some kind of long-term illness or some kind of burdensome grief that they just can't seem to get over. In aspirational prayer, we pray again and again and again. We keep on asking. We keep on seeking. We keep on knocking again and again. And unlike Emily Dickinson, our long interceding lips do not perceive our prayer to be a waste of time. We are praying to our Heavenly Father in the very act of asking again and again and again, in that very process of taking our aspiration to him, we are confident. We are confident by faith in him that he hears. And that yes, he will answer. I want to suggest to you this morning that Palm Sunday brings with it this kind of confidence in aspirational prayer. So here we see Jesus riding into Jerusalem on his way to the cross. And if we've been paying any attention as we've been reading the Bible, the Old Testament up to this point, and even the Gospels up to this point, we know that this very act is the answer to all of Israel's prayers, not just for years or decades, But for centuries, God's people, Israel, have been praying for this very moment, that God's Messiah, that his Savior will come. He is his Father's answer to his children's prayers over these millennia of a Messiah and a Savior. Now, some people that day saw it exactly as it was almost immediately. Other people were caught up in the whole idea of a revolt and were expecting Jesus to come in and take down the Romans and be a revolutionary leader. And many of them, no doubt, were just at the beginning of a process of aspirational prayer as they prayed and saw these events unfolding. And later, their eyes would be open and it would all be revealed to them and they would have faith in the Savior who had come to save them. And then there were those Jews who knew the prophecies of, of Isaiah and Zechariah, like the one that we heard here this morning. They knew the cherished legacy of the prayers coming for the Messiah and they couldn't help but wonder, is this the one? And they must have thought it with a smile on their face. Now for those of us who follow the one on the donkey here this morning, we know where this is going. We know where it is all leading. We know where it's going to end up. He's heading to the place where his passion is before him. Once again this week, Following along with him, we're going to walk the way of sorrows. We will listen to him pray deep and hard in the Garden of Gethsemane that God's will would be done. We will hear his prayerful shouts from the cross. Jesus didn't aspire to greatness. He inspired, he aspired to service and servanthood. Jesus didn't aspire to power. He aspired to sacrifice. The sacrifice of his own self. He came to fulfill that aspirational shout that you and I have already shouted this morning, Hosanna, Lord, save us! And that is what he came to do, and that is what he did in answer to the prayers of God's people. This is the Son of God, and he has taught us to pray just as he prayed as a child looking for answers from a loving parent a loving Heavenly Father. And so today, on this, as on this Palm Sunday, this first Palm Sunday, all of our aspirations find their yes in Jesus. And so we continue today, through this week, through next month, through years and years and decades, however long our life will lead, we continue to ask, we continue to seek, We continue to knock, aspiring in prayer to know him better and to follow Jesus where he leads. Amen.